Six things doth God hate, yea, seven are what? An abomination. Three of those things that God says he hates involves the tongue and gossip. We need to repent of it. Hello, and welcome to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan, and is led by Pastor Daniel White. Pastor White has been serving as the senior pastor since its founding in 1998. We hope the message today will be a help and encouragement as you seek to become more like Jesus Christ in your everyday life. This and many other messages by Pastor White can be downloaded for free. Just visit our website at www. FBCClarkLake.org or visit us on iTunes where our weekly podcasts can be downloaded for free. Now let us take our Bibles and join Pastor White as he continues to teach us God's truths today. Well, we're entering into a new year, right? Uh, Ethan uh, mentioned New Year's resolutions. What's the most common New Year's resolution? Got to lose some weight. What do I need to do that? I told my wife, I said, that's it. I got to take some of this weight off. But, uh, you know, to, to keep the weight off, you got to keep your mouth shut. Amen? That leads me into the message this morning. Take your Bible with me. Turn to James chapter 3. Not only do we need to keep our mouths shut for what we put into it, we need to keep our mouths shut for what comes out of it. Proverbs talks about a wise man keeps his mouth closed. My dad used to say, you have two ears and one mouth. So you ought to listen twice as much as you do speak. It's not true for some people, though, is it? So, this is where we're going to go today. Uh, and uh, I really believe the Lord would have us to talk about this. Something I don't mention very often, but it's very important. I'm going to talk about gossip. I'm going to talk about gossip and how damaging and detrimental gossip is. All right, something's not up here, guys. All right, while they're getting the computer going here, let's uh, James chapter 3. Uh, let's pick up with verse 2. For in many things we offend all. All of us have been offensive by the words that have come out of our mouth. Yes or no? The only way that we are not offensive is to be made perfect, and there's no perfect person here today. So we need to put a guard over our mouths. For in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man, and able also to bridle the whole body. So when you condemn someone else for running their mouth, don't be so quick to judge them when the Bible says you who judge another person do the very same thing. We all are offensive by the things that we say. Behold, we put bits in the horse's mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth, comparing the tongue. Even so, the tongue is a little member, and it boasteth great things. We're all way too prideful. Behold how great a matter a little fire kindleth. Just a word misspoken can really set things on fire and cause great damage. 
And the tongue is a fire, it is a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members, that it defileth the whole body, and setteth on fire the course of nature, and is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast, and birds, and serpents, and things in the sea is tamed, and hath been tamed of mankind. But the tongue can no man tame. It is unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Well, if we can't control our tongue, we got to let God control our hearts. Right? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. Therewith bless, uh, therewith bless we God, even the Father, and therewith curse we men who are made in the similitude of God. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. Say the last statement with me here. My brethren, these things ought not to be so. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray you bless the teaching of your word this morning as we looked at this issue of gossip, which we are all guilty of. And Lord, help us as we enter into this new year to really make a resolution that we are going to allow you to control our hearts so that, Father, we can control our tongue. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, gossip, everybody's talking about it. How many of you here have ever gossiped at some time in your life? Let me see your hand. How many here would say, you know what, I probably gossiped a little bit this past week? Okay. Okay, thank you for being honest. It took a while for you to get your hand up there. How many say, you know what, I was tempted to gossip this past week? Okay, well, everyone's doing it. Well, we have a great avenue by which uh, we can gossip, and uh, this is my favorite thing, you know, is Facebook. But Facebook is an unbelievable format by which gossip is spread. And you know, I have no light. I actually have a disdain for Facebook. And I know probably most all of you here are on Facebook, and I understand that it can be used to the glory of God. I know some pastors that use it very effectively. But I'll tell you what, if you could only sit in the counseling room with me, and see the people that I have to counsel whose lives have been affected and sometimes lives and character been destroyed over Facebook, I think you'd have the same attitude that I have towards it. I don't believe that it's a good thing, and I especially don't believe our young people, our teenagers, our children need to be on Facebook. It's a wonderful format for gossip. So why do people gossip? This is what we want to look at today, and I want to share with you several reasons why I believe that people gossip. First of all, Satan tempts us to do it. He tempted our Lord, didn't he? There in the wilderness, he tempted the Lord, and, but the Bible said, there hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But God will, with that temptation, make a way to what? Escape. So even though Satan brings a temptation, he brought a powerful temptation to me yesterday to gossip, and I had to hold my tongue. And I had to think, you know what, that person doesn't even need to know about this. But I'm telling you, Satan tempted me to gossip about someone yesterday. Uh, so we need to escape that. God provides the way, and we need to take the way to escape those temptations. Satan is the source behind gossip. I believe that with all my heart. It's the Lord Jesus that said, "Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh his own, for he is a what? liar and the father of it. So you say, but, but what if my gossip is true? We'll talk about that a little bit later, but let me tell you something. There's always an element of untruth in gossip. The Bible says that Satan is the accuser of the what? 
brethren, what does, what does gossip do? It accuses a person. It attacks their character. And so we clearly see that, that Satan is behind gossip. So listen, as Jude described gossip and, and the nature of it, and, and, and he's, the nature of it is Satan and his demons and those who follow him. Listen, we don't want to follow the devil, do we? Absolutely not. Listen, so likewise, these filthy dreamers defile the flesh, despise dominions, those in authority, and speak evil of dignities. But these speak evil of those things which they know not. But what they know naturally as brute beasts in those things, they what? Corrupt themselves. Here's what I want you to see. Gossip not only, not only is damaging to the person that you're gossiping about, but notice what it says here. It literally corrupts you. It corrupts you. Think about that as we go through this lesson here. So Satan is there to tempt us to gossip, isn't he? Yes or no? Say amen. All right. Also, we gossip because we're prideful. How many of you here have too much pride in your life? Those who didn't raise your hand, that was pretty evident there that you do. We all have way too much pride. Pride, the pride of life runs deeply within the heart of all of us, and we really have to fight that. But it's out of pride that people gossip about others, and they pull them down. You know, when you pull someone else down, in a sense, you're doing what? You're lifting yourself up, okay? You're pulling them down below your level, and you're lifting yourself up above them. The Bible says, only by pride cometh contention, which is quarrel, debate, strife, and division. So the gossiper literally experiences a temporary illusion of self-worth. I can tear this person down. I can gossip about this person. I can slander this person. I can attack this person's character. And, and when I do that, that makes me feel better about myself. But then, remember, they corrupt themselves. They descend even lower. So he or she then yearns to gossip again in order to get that same high. Listen, when you check out of the grocery store, what are all those tabloids there about? Does it sell? It must sell. I never see anybody buying them. But they must sell or they won't continue to put them up there. And they've put them up there ever since I've been a little boy. People love to hear gossip about other people. It just must be the nature of man that we feed on that. And... It, it does. It gives us a high. We bring them down and it lifts us up. It's all a pride thing. Do you know that gossip also can become an addiction? There are people who, because they receive such a high out of gossiping about someone else and lifting themselves up in pride, they literally become addicted to it. Just as much as people are addicted to food, sex, drugs, they become, how many of you here know people that they gossip all the time? Raise your hand. Don't tell me who it is, because you'd be gossiping. But we all know people. Gossip, 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 gossip all the time. Why? Because it makes them feel good about themselves only temporarily, though. The Bible says, say it with me, sin has pleasure for a season. So that gossip brings them pleasure for a season, and then they got to go right back to it and gossip again in order to get that high. Greed, frustration, dissatisfaction with life or your situation in life also produces gossip. 
Satan does it. Pride does it. We can get addicted to it. And, and listen, none of us here can have everything we want. How many of you here have some wants in your life that have gone unfulfilled? Okay. None of us can have everything that we want. We'll talk about that more in the morning's message. So when you see a person that has the things that you desire, maybe they have position that you desire, or they have success, as the world would see it, or they, they have uh, the, the reputable people, or they have the respect of others. And you don't have, maybe they have material things that you just, I mean, you wish you drove a, a car like they drive, or had a house like they have, or were able to buy the clothes that they had, are able to buy. What happens is we become out of pride, we become envious of those people. How many have ever envied something that someone else had? We all have. And so there's that tendency, Satan really uses that to bring that temptation to us to gossip about that person. The Bible says, for jealousy is the rage of a man. A sound heart is the life of the flesh, but envy is what? Rottenness to the bones. So we see other people that have what we would like to have, and so we, we gossip about them. And the, our whole purpose, again, is to tear them down in order so that we can lift ourselves up. Also, idleness breeds gossip. How many ever heard an idle mind is the... Are you all here today? You never heard that? Say it with me. An idle mind is the devil's workshop. That's true. It's a true proverb. So people who are idle with their minds or idle with their hands uh, tend to be very active with their tongues. I am so against social media. I've seen it do very little good. People who spend hours a day texting. It's like, don't you have anything better to do? Listen to what it says here in 1 Timothy 5.1. And with all, they learn to be what? Idle. Wandering about from house to house. That was before social media. Four cell phones. Hello. Don't have to wander from house to house now. You can just sit in your house and do it. And not only idle, but what? Tattlers. Also, and what? Busybodies speaking things which they ought not. Isn't it amazing to you? Especially this, you know what? I grew up in the generation that believed in privacy. Right? We protected our privacy. We thought that was very important. We now have a generation that puts everything out there. How many like ice cream? How many of you have a particular flavor of ice cream that you like better than others? How many like them all? Yeah, okay. I don't know, this just came to my mind here, is, is different flavors of gossip, like there's different flavors of uh, ice cream. And I came up, as I look at gossip in the scriptures, I came up with eight different flavors 
of ice cream, maybe you like, or of gossip, maybe you like one better than the other. But one is slander. Slander is a way that we gossip. The Bible says, he that uttereth slander is a what? Ooh. So whenever you slander someone's character, the Bible said you are nothing more than a fool. It is, desi- it is defined as purposeful uh, uh, spreading rumors and lies about a person in order to cause damage to that person. You're digging up the dirt. Okay? Uh, aren't you always excited when we go into a new election cycle? What are all of our political ads about now? Seriously, what are they about? They're all slander, aren't they? It's not putting forth a person's position or maybe what they have accomplished or the vision they have for the country. It's all about slandering their opponent. Now, does it work? They always say that it does. Seriously, I would like to see a politician say, you know what, I'm not going to slander. I'm just going to get up, and in my commercials, I'm just going to put forth the truth, tell people where I stand and what I want to accomplish and where I want to go and how I want to take this nation. I think people would appreciate that. But how many of you get sick and tired of these political commercials that do nothing but simply slander the other person, and yet they say they're effective and that they work? Why? People are drawn to slander. In a written form, it's, it's, it's what we call legally, it's called libel. The Bible mentions slanders countless numbers of times, and it lists things like, but now he also put off all these things, wrath, malice, blasphemy. That word blasphemy, it's interesting, is the same word that's translated slander in the King James. Filthy communication out of your mouth. James 4.11 says this, Speak not evil, one of another brethren, he that speaketh evil of his brother, judges his brother and speaketh evil of the law. So there is slander. When the debate is lost, slander becomes the tool of the loser. Have you noticed that? People don't want to get really involved in a debate where they know they're going to lose. And so what do they do? Both parties, both political parties are privy to this. But the Democratic Party is a master of it, an absolute master of throwing slander and making everything a war on women, right? Right? Or a war on the poor. You want to balance the budget? That's a war on the poor. Really? Another flavor of gossip is sharing juicy info. In sharing juicy information about someone, it may not be your intent to directly cause damage to that person, but by keeping the gossip alive, it continues to spread and taint the image of that person it's about. You know, it may not be, okay, I really want to hurt this person, but it's, I know something about this person. I want to tell you about it. It's that little juicy story. It just keeps going. It just keeps going. Listen, when someone brings that juicy info to you, what should you do? What should you do? I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. 
Another thing you could do is something like this. Well, let me write that down, and we'll go talk to that person about it. That would shut it down real quick, wouldn't it? He that goeth about uh, as a talebearer revealeth secrets, that juicy little information there. Therefore, meddle not with him. Don't get involved in that juicy gossip. Grudge not one against another brother, unless you be condemned. Behold, the judge standeth before the door. Another flavor is rumors. How many here have ever heard a rumor? How many of you here have ever passed on a rumor? Hmm. What about rumors? Well, rumor is you hear something and it's not good, but it can't be confirmed as true. You just don't have all the information, you don't have all the details. But you tell someone anyway, or you ask someone else about it in order to get some more information. So it's nothing more than just a rumor. How many of you here have ever played the game when you start out with a fact? Okay? And it's given to someone, let's say you're number one, and, and this, is, this is the fact, and you read it, okay, and then I take the paper away from you, and then you share it with Brother Mike. And Brother Mike shares it with Dad, and Dad shares it with Isaac. We go right around the room. How many of you think that that fact that I shared with him, once we make it all the way back around, and it's repeated to me, is going to be the truth? It never is. Never will be. A little bit is deleted, a little bit is added, and it's totally twisted by the time it comes back rumors. It's what I call the rumor mill that just churns and churns and churns and the gossip spreads. He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life, but he that openeth wide his lips shall what? Destruction. Then there's another flavor is backbiting. See the two guys there with the knives sticking into each other's back. It's a type of gossip that involves uh, speaking spiteful or slanderous words about another who is not present and can do nothing really to defend themselves and what's being said about them. Backbiting. It's secretive. It's born, backbiting is born out of anger and it's born out of bitterness. The Bible said the north wind driveth away rain, so doth an angry countenance and a backbiting tongue. who privately slandereth his neighbor. It's a very private thing. Him will I cut off. Him that hath a high look and a proud heart will not I suffer. So backbiting. Another flavor of gossip and I'll put it in this, these terms not really joking jokes. How many of you know what I'm saying? Not really joking jokes. Now, we have a very jokey church, don't we? We do. We can make fun of each other, and that's a good thing. That's not what we're talking about. But have you ever taken some part of a truth and turned it into a joke about someone that makes other people question that person's character? Now think about it. The not really joking jokes. Let me give you an example of this. You may say, well, maybe he or she will actually get up off the couch long enough to blank. 
<laughs> Are you making a joke? Are you making a joke? Yeah. But what are you doing? You're slandering that person, right? Yeah. This serves as a way of simply spreading more gossip, making a joke about another person in that way. When joking is harmful to another person, it's what the Bible calls mockery. You're mocking them. The eye that mocketh his father. Listen, don't ever make jokes about your parents. The eye that mocketh his father and despiseth to obey his mother, the ravens of the valley shall pluck it out, and the young eagles shall eat it. How many of you here, and you don't see it so much down here, because um, when deer get hit along the road, we usually pick them up pretty quickly down here. But when I was up north, uh, lived up in the UP, when a deer would be hit along the edge of the road, we just leave it there. You know, something's going to eat it. And one thing I noticed was after a roadkill, the eyes were the first things. You go by a roadkill, it had been laying there for a while, the eyes would be plucked out. And I remember asking my dad, I said, Dad, what happened to the eyes? He said, well, the ravens or the eagles will come, and the first thing that they'll do is pluck at the eye. Now, why would they pluck at the eye the very first thing? To make sure it's dead. Now, my dad taught me that when I was just little. And then later on, when we went to the Bill Gothard seminars, he actually used that. I don't know if some of you may remember a picture of a, was it a deer? I don't remember, a deer and a raven plucking out its eyes. Listen to what Job said. He said, I am in derision daily. Everyone, what? Mocketh me. So those not really joking jokes can be a way of spreading gossip. Have you ever known a mocker? That's what the Bible said. Reprove not a scorner. The same word as mocker. Lest he hate thee. Rebuke a wise man and he will love thee. The proud and haughty scorner or mocker is his name who dealeth with proud wrath. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of what? The scornful. Then there's another flavor of gossip, which is planting evil seeds. You know, the Bible says we reap what we, we, reap what we sow. With that in mind, the type of gossip is said in such a way that it makes the listener question or assume something negative about the character of the person that you're gossiping about. Let me give you an example of what I mean here. Isn't it weird that he keeps looking at your girlfriend or he keeps looking at your wife when you're not looking? What is that planting of that evil seed saying about that person? Come on, talk to me. What's it saying? He's immoral. He's immoral. So you're, you're planting those evil seeds. That we've all done this. James said, even so the tongue is a little member, boasts the great things. Behold how great a matter, a little fire, what? Kindleth. Is that just a little spark? Have you noticed how he looks at your girlfriend? Now, that'll get a young man pretty worked up, won't it? 
may have been absolutely no intent there whatsoever. So here's a warning from the Bible. The forward, a forward person is one who's difficult to deal with, someone who's just contrary. Aren't those people a blessing to be around? A forward man soweth strife, and a whisper separateth chief of friends. So you have someone who's the very, very best of friends, and this can drive a wedge between them. Now here is the seventh, is the, uh, you know, the whispering innuendos. Let's read this together. Ready? Some of you are falling asleep. I'm going to wake you up. Let's read it together. Ready? Subtle insinuations that can mislead others into thinking wrong thoughts and coming to wrong conclusions about a person. So here's another example of that. Isn't it interesting how he was at the house the night that went missing? Now, what kind of thoughts are you putting in people? Is there any facts here whatsoever? Listen, the Bible said, at the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. So what is this person doing by whispering that innuendo? They're not saying he took it, but they're putting that thought in your mind that it's a good possibility that he did. Insinuations. Don't do it. The words of a talebearer, a whisperer, are his wounds. They go down into the innermost parts of the belly. Where no wood is, there the fire. What? It goes out. So where there is no talebearer, strife ceaseth. And now here's another one, and we'll end with the very flavors on this one. Got five minutes here. And that is, I'm not sure I got all of this right, but so you admit that you probably don't have all the information, you probably don't have all the facts, and you probably don't have all the details correct, but you spread the gossip anyway. Because there may be some element or some point of truth or could be some element or point of truth in it. It usually starts out like this. I may have this all wrong, but apparently, how many ever heard something like that? We all have. This is one of the most common forms or types of gossip. I think we're just passing on the latest news but it really, is it the truth? And does it have the potential to hurt, harm someone? Therefore, unto him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not to him, it is sin. So we have warnings all over the scriptures, don't we? About our tongue. The Bible said, with what measure you measure it out, it shall be what? You better watch out. Take heed what you hear. Be careful what you say because it's like a boomerang. It's going to come back. And be careful what you hear. So how do we resist Satan's temptation? First of all, detect gossip. To stop gossip, you have to realize that you're doing it. Okay? And that's one of the reasons I brought to you these eight different forms 
of gossip that are mentioned in the word. You just got to realize it. You just got to realize I'm a gossip. I have a problem in this area. Next, you have to realize that the source is Satan. What does the Bible say? Resist the devil and he will what? Flee from you. Satan's putting it in my heart to do that. So bite your tongue. Next, realize how much God hates gossip. Six things that God hates, yea, seven are what? An abomination. Three of those things that God says he hates involves the tongue and gossip. We need to repent of it. And this is what I'm asking you to do right now in a Sunday school hour. I say, listen, I have been guilty of all of these and Lord, I'm so sorry. I've been so wrong. Would you forgive me? And by your grace, I'm going to turn around and I'm not going to do this anymore. I thought it's very interesting how that repentance and forgiveness are tied together in this verse. Forgiveness comes through having a repentant heart. Next is don't listen to gossip. Amen? Just don't do it. You're helping yourself, you're helping the other person, and you're helping the person that they're gossiping about. Just say, hey, I don't, I don't, I don't want to hear that. Don't become an accomplice. Then let's speak words that are words of life, words that uplift, words, words that uh, praise. Uh, the Bible says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Uh, we just had uh, Shelley's brother and his family over for Christmas uh, they came from California. His wife's name is Vinny. She sang for us here at the Christmas Eve service. What a wonderful Christmas Eve service. But my family has not stopped talking about Vinny because she is always saying something good, always praising, always showing approval. You never hear a negative thing come out of her mouth. Just a sweet sweet lady never speaking words of death always speaking words of life and my kids are like we wish Vinny lived around us <laughs> you know what you just love to be around people who bring life instead of bring death who bring blessing and not cursing out of the same mouth proceed the blessing and cursing my brethren these things ought not to be so Remember, what comes out of your mouth is a reflection of what is in your heart. Maybe we can put a guard over our mouth by surrendering our heart to the Lord. Words can hurt or words can heal. So if every head bowed, every eye closed. I have no idea why when Betty called me and told me pastor could not do Sunday school class this morning, why the Lord directed me to speak on this particular issue. But we were all honest enough to admit that we've been guilty of this. And I think a good resolution this next year would be, Lord, Fill me, control me, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be acceptable unto you.
And if you're here today and just before things get noisy out there in the hallway, you say, Pastor, God spoke to my heart today. I have been guilty of this, and right now I want to repent and ask God's forgiveness. And I'm going to do my best not to gossip. And when I hear it, to shut it down. Here's my hand. Would you pray for me? Thank you. And yes, yes, yes. I think that pretty much is all of us. Let's pray. <sighs> Heavenly Father, we repent. I wanted to share those juicy details and passing on information and out of pride, attacking someone else's character and slandering them. We're really just giving in to Satan's temptation and not resisting what he's putting in our heart to do. But Lord, with all of my people here today, we recognize how damaging that a gossiping tongue is. It is a fire. It is a world of iniquity. And Lord, forgive us for those many times, those many ways that we have passed on gossip. And Lord, would you prompt us through your spirit that when Satan brings that temptation, that your spirit would be strong in our lives and would cause us to bite our tongue. To your honor and your glory, help us to be people whose words edify and build up, that are words of life and not death, blessing and not cursing. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people said, Amen. May the Lord change us as we go into this next year in this area. Thank you for listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. If you've missed any messages or would like to hear this one again, just visit our website at www.fbcclarklake.org or visit us on iTunes where you can subscribe for free to our weekly podcast. If this or any other message has been an encouragement to you, we would love to hear about it. Just send us a note on our website. If you do not currently have a church you are attending, we would love to have you come visit us here at Fellowship Baptist. We are located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan, 49234. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast, and we look forward to seeing you here again next time. Have a great day, and God bless.